Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. My message today is entitled From Death to Life. And that's what you speak of when you speak of Jesus. He's not in the grave. He's risen from death to life. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read two scriptures straight up. First from John 11 and the second from John 12. But they'll be on the screen, um, should you not. John 11:25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And then John 12, 23 to 25. But Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies... It produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning in this house that your presence is here. And we're here to love you, to celebrate you. Lord God, to sit at your feet and learn from you this morning. Lord God, to worship you. We thank you that Christ is indeed risen. The risen Lamb of God who came to save the world. And Lord, he's not in that grave, and I thank you for that. And we are so grateful this morning that, Lord, he is risen. (laughs) Death could not hold him down, and we praise you and thank you. Father, as I bring this word this morning, I ask that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. Lord God, I just lay aside every weight that would hinder me and hinder all of those in the congregation online. And I pray, Father, for an open heart is to hear what you would say through your word this morning, not me, your word. And I commit it all into your hands in the precious and the most holy name of Jesus. Amen. It's amazing how Easter comes around so quickly. Last year at Easter, we were all shut down. The church was shut. We went online and it's so good to gather together and be able to celebrate the reason um, the reason it's all about that Jesus came and he died for us that we might have life and life more abundantly and that resurrection life is available for us today and that's what I want to talk about today I'm not going to keep you too long but an hour or two maybe Easter Sunday is one of the three huge days in the Christian calendar and we're here today to celebrate Jesus and the finished work of the cross and worship God, our creator and the Lord Jesus Christ and welcome into our presence the Holy Spirit because God is three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, the Holy Triumvirate if you want to call it that, but amazing God that he has come in person, in body but he's left with his spirit here, available for each one of us who believe in him. What an amazing help that is. 
He is just so wonderful when you know that he walks with you and talks with you and he's with you every minute of every hour of every day. That's why he's called our helper, our comforter. No other faith in the world worships a risen saviour. We're the only ones that have the true God and a risen saviour. And isn't that amazing? The Christian faith is unique in that the birth, the life, the crucifixion, the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, they're the central and the pivotal points and the theology of our faith. And we take it all from the word. Whatever's in the word is what we receive, it's what we teach, it's what we accept. And anything that's not in the word, it's ideas, it's philosophy, it's thoughts perhaps. But it's the word that stands forever. And that's why we always preach the word in this house. Without Jesus' birth, he couldn't die. And without his death, he couldn't be resurrected. Without his resurrection, we couldn't have eternal life. What an incredible gift. Yeah? (laughs) And for God, there was never a plan B. There was never an alternate choice. It was always God's perfect plan for redemption of mankind. God's perfect plan for our salvation, that the one without sin, the Lamb of God, the perfect Lamb of God, without spot or blemish, would come and die the death that we deserved in our place, that we would not have to do that. And sometimes the enormity of that just blows me away because I I struggle to get my head around it at times. Because I feel so unworthy. Just me. But I feel like that attitude of awe and reverence for God keeps us close to him, keeps us loving him, keeps us thankful, keeps us grateful as he works in our lives. You see, because of what he's done for us, we've got eternal life with God. And Jesus has paid the price for every sin we've ever done, every sin we're about to do. Only he knows what the future is. But you know when we confess our sins to him, we come to him, we can say, Lord God, I messed up again. Wash me, cleanse me, make me brand new. And we're forgiven yet again because there's only one one person who was perfect and it was God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all works in progress. But this morning, let's look at resurrection. What is it? The Greek word is anastasis, and you may be, it's a beautiful sounding word actually, (laughs) and it literally means a standing up again, a resurrection from death or figuratively, a moral recovery of spiritual truth or to be raised to life again. Amazing, isn't it? For there to be a resurrection, there's got to first be a death. And for us to live in newness of life, there's got to be that death of us putting away the old and becoming new again. A death to self and the born again experience that's available for every single one of us who would reach out and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So that death to self is the old ways, the things that we do that um, are not pleasing to God, the things that create sadness and um, pain in our lives, the things that the things that life does to us. And when you think about the cross 
And I really want to just focus in on this this morning. You think about the cross. It's a place of cruelty. And we sometimes wear a cross around our neck and it's a beautiful piece of jewellery, you know, and it's, it's crafted and smooth. But the cross of Christ was two trees nailed together, rough, nothing polished, nothing finished about it. The cross, the symbolism of the cross is, is a place of cruelty, a place of torture, a place where Jesus died, a place where he hung and took upon himself every sin of the world, every sin that we've ever done, not just us but the whole world from the beginning right through until when Jesus comes back again. The price has been paid and that's an amazing, amazing piece of good news. He's paid the price for us once for all, a one-time sacrifice. It was also a place of humiliation. And when you think about the crowd standing around mocking him and jeering him, and we know he was the King of kings and the Lord of the lords, and he's on that cross naked for all to see, bruised and battered and whipped and bleeding, and he did it for us. Wow, wow, what an incredible God. You know, Israel were waiting for the great deliverer. They, they were waiting for their hope and Israel is still waiting for their great deliverer. They're still waiting for their Messiah, but we know he's come. And so he was the hope of Israel, the one who was delivered them from persecution and violation by all of the Roman interaction and tyranny over the Jewish people. They thought that Jesus was the one to do it. And you know what he was. But they didn't join the dots. They didn't join the dots that once he was dead, that wasn't the end of the story. He was going to rise again. And through that they could receive him as Saviour and Lord and, and the Messiah they're still waiting on. And so as they watched him die on the cross, it became a place of death a place of defeat, and in the natural, it was like we lost again. But this was the absolute plan of God. It was the absolute plan of God for the redemption and the salvation of mankind. And then you think, three days later, the absolute joy, the disbelief, the amazement, where a place of death became a place of life. The tomb became a place of divine resurrection and divine intervention. Incredible, isn't it? He's the only one that's been raised from the dead like that because he's God. The very thing that would defeat each one of us becomes defeated when we confront the death situations in our life our distress, our discouragement, it can all become a place of life when we take it from that death through the cross and what Jesus has done. We can come from hopelessness to despair. And then when you think there's nothing left, God raises hope within your heart. And he touches each heart so that we're not left in that place of depression and desperation and despair. We come from sickness to health, spirit, soul and body, from death to life. You see, 
Jesus suffered and died for us. And we know the purpose of all of that. But there's also a God purpose in each of our suffering too. And every one of us is suffering certain things at certain times. Every one of us is confronting things in our lives that are not always easy. But when you allow God to breathe on you by his spirit, and when you raise yourself to that perspective in the word of God, in worshipping him, your perspective becomes one as above the situation, above the circumstances, and we can take hold of the life that God wants to bring through that. You see, God knows just how much you can take. And the Bible says, Romans 8, he works all things for good for those who love him, the called according to his purpose. But he knows the beginning from the end and everything in between in your life as well. What you're going through, what you're about to go through, how he's going to work in those circumstances, he also knows what you're capable of. He's made you so beautifully. You are knit together in your mother's womb, fearfully and wondrously made, absolute perfection in God's sight. That little babe in the womb was created by God. How amazing is that? You see, the scars on Jesus' body, when we, when we think about what happened to him, we can only imagine what he went through and that he did this for us so that we can have that eternal life with him. Amazing. That same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead lives bodily within us. That same life by his spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives within us and we have the power of his spirit and his hope and his life and his word and we can know that no matter what we're going through, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, he will bring that resurrection life into things that have maybe been dead. <clears throat> John twelve twenty four. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. What you think is dead and gone may yet be lying dormant in your lives, in the ground like the seed in this parable. It might be something that you've been waiting on, something you've been believing for, something you've been hoping for, something you want to do for God. And to all intents and purposes, it looks like it's dead. It looks like that seed that's fallen into the ground and is not going to bring life again. But the purpose of it is that that seed has got to die. There's got to be a death before there's a resurrection. There has to be the death before that life can come again. And you know, the DNA of any seed, you look at a seed, look at an acorn, for example. You put an acorn in the ground... And you think, I wonder what that's going to look like when it comes out. And that acorn, it's about that big. You put it in the ground and it grows and grows and grows. There's the sprouting. There's the birthing. There's the birthing of that new life after it's been in the ground. Then it comes into a sapling or a stripling. <laughs> and then it becomes one of the most magnificent trees on earth where everything takes its shelter in. Do you know sometimes we have seeds in our lives that are dead and buried and because we've failed or been discouraged in continuing to seek God for it, we think it's not going to happen again. And yet as we start to allow the Holy Spirit to water that seed and bring us into that place of hope again, 
the seed will sprout. It'll come through the ground and it will grow into what God wants it to grow into. You see, the revelation I've had is that the seed and the finished product of the seed are two different things. They look different. So sometimes what you've wanted to do for God, what you have wanted to um, create in your world, when it has died, it comes forth but in a different form. And that's good because that's how God works. You see, every amount of DNA that is needed for that oak tree is in that one seed. And in each one of us, there is the potential for that seed, that seed of faith, that seed of God to to take root, to grow, to come out of that winter darkness and become fruitful and productive from death to life. And I know, I know, I know because I can speak time and time again where things have not gone the way I wanted and all of us can we can all relate to that can't we yeah and yet when you submit it to God and when you ask God to work in it he brings it forth you see a refining fire speaks of suffering and when we suffer for Jesus that fire burns and it's painful and we struggle and we deal with it as best we can and we think is this you God or are we rebuking the devil or you know or do we leave or do we go or do we change jobs or all of those things when you allow that that refining fire of God in your life to deal with those things the dross comes to the surface because he says he will refine us like pure gold and pure gold is the most precious metal on earth And we will be as pure gold as we allow God to work in our lives in those things. And sometimes it requires change. I've found that most often it does require change. But if we let God work in it, he brings life from death. God's resurrection power and his love for each one of us are so incredible. You see, the enemy wants to disable you. He wants to mock you. He wants to make you think that every mistake you've ever made, there's no coming back from it. He speaks despair, disappointment, discouragement and delay into your life. But God is at work. He's at work in all of these things to bring bring us through as pure gold. God wants to transform us as only he can. We can't change each other. All we've got to do is fix our eyes on Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, make me the best me I can be. That's it. That's our responsibility, to love God and allow him to work in our lives. And sometimes we feel like we can't take any more. But God's power and incredible love for us enfolds us as we look to him. To not ask why, but what do you want to do through these circumstances? Jesus didn't back off. He came into Jerusalem. He set his face like flint. He walked down that Palm Sunday road. He knew what he was going to. He knew what he was going to suffer. And he didn't flinch. He didn't turn back. He didn't look back. He didn't say, I'll do it another day. He didn't say, it's too hard today. He didn't say any other excuse. He chose. And we can choose. 
are we going to do what he wants us to do? He sweated tears of blood and he said, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. He didn't ask to be excused because it was the sole purpose that he came for. Faced it head on, walked through it, had victory. The culmination of God's plan, redemption for every one of us, salvation, that we could, that we could all know a relationship with Jesus, that we could all enter into that relationship in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit, not a set of rules and regulations like a religious thing, but the freedom to worship him, the freedom to know him, the freedom to talk to him, the freedom to, to boldly come into his presence by the blood of Jesus. Amazing, amazing. And I think if we really and truly got a grasp of how much of Jesus we can take hold of, how much Holy Spirit needs to be in us and wants to be in us to move through us, to lead us and guide us, there's a lost world out there that need to know Jesus. There's a lost world who need to be delivered. They need to be healed. They need to hear the good news that Jesus loves them and that Jesus died for them. God so loved the world, he sent his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. It was a hard path for him. He chose the right path. And for us, at different times, we're all confronted with choices to make. And do we choose the easy way? Sometimes the easiest path is not the right one. The natural man can't work out the supernatural. That's why it's supernatural. <laughs> He's given us all we need to overcome. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And today, more than ever, we need that resurrection life in our lives, in our homes, in our marriages, in our places of work in our relationships, in our community. We need that resurrection life because we need to take the hope and the life and the love of Jesus into a lost and dying world. Time's short. Time is short. And there are so many variables in the world at the moment, so many things that uh, are causing fear, causing lots of um, angst. And yet, Jesus is the anchor. If we have our life based and built in him. He's our foundation. We will be rock solid as he does what only he can do in our lives. How am I going for time? Oh, I've got lots of time. <laughs> you see, defeat can be turned to victory. Three days in the grave was a time of God's working and proving power. Between the death and the resurrection of the things that God's put in your life, there is a waiting time, there's a delay. And God always works through the delay, through the waiting. It's like when you create music, there are always bars of wait, bars where you hold and do nothing. But in the putting together of the music, all of the notes and the waits, the silences, you create a symphony. Without the wait, there's no completion. So it's coming to that place where you say, Lord God, not my will, but your will. Lord, I can't, but you can. 
Lord, in my weakness is your strength made perfect. Colossians 3.3 says, For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then Romans 8.11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you that resurrection life, the power to overcome and move forward despite your situation, despite the grief you carry, despite the pain you live in, despite your circumstances. Resurrection power through the blood of Jesus. He gives you the capacity to rise up again one more time, one more time, one more time. So as we yield to him, and that's the death to self, that's the way we put our thoughts away and ask God to transform transform our mind with the renewing of his word. As we look to him, his word will do the work that only it can do. The power of the word, we should never be out of it. We should never be not reading the word, not listening to the word. It's our strength, it's our fuel, it's our roadmap, it's our guide, it's God's love letter to us, it's his plan for us. And it raises us up amazingly because at some point in time something happens and all of a sudden the word that you've hidden in your heart will rise up and you'll know what's happening. You'll understand the implications of all that's happening in your life. It's the supernatural resurrection life of the Spirit of God in us. To be born again, born anew, born from heaven, to receive a saviour who is like no other, Jesus Christ, the risen King. Amazing. Daily surrendering to God. You know, sometimes we can be so overwhelmed with the, the mission field in front of us or the work situation or the relational situation. But do you know what he's given us today? This is the day that he has given us. One day we work we look to him, Lord, this is the day you have made. I will rejoice in you. I will let you lead me today. Yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not yet come, but today I want to walk in the fullness of your spirit. And he will do that always, without fail. Yielding to him. It's that life that Jesus wants us to have. And is, does that mean that stuff's not going to go wrong? Nope. What it means is that he's with us to strengthen us, to direct us, sometimes to correct us. And there's three aspects of our life in God that are huge, I think. And if we could only understand how God sees us, I think so many lights would go on for each one of us. You see, God, God has put potential in each one of us. He's placed that potential in us and he knows what you can do. But we've got to have that moment where we say, I see, I know the God potential. I know with the eyes of faith what he wants me to do. 
what I'm gifted to do. What's my ability? What's my availability? What does God want to do through me? And then the purpose. What for? What does he want you to do? He wants you, first of all, to love him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And then he wants you to love your neighbour as yourself. And to do that, we've got to love ourselves first. We really do. And the purpose is to reach the lost, to become the best you you can be, best me I can be. And we can't do that in our own strength. It's only in his strength, by his spirit. And he brings us from that death to life. He resurrects those things. And then it's the passion, the passion to love God, to love him, to serve him, to do it with all our hearts and our souls, to make every day count for him. To honour him in our homes, with our kids, our grandkids. To know that he came as the servant king. And what an example that is for us to follow, that we would be his servants. He is a mighty God. And you know what? Sometimes the delays are really long. And sometimes the pain is almost unbearable. And I can speak from experience. But God is a mighty God. He's an awesome, powerful God. And those delays will bring the seed from its seed form in that cold, hard winter ground and raise it up to be that mighty oak tree different in form from the seed. But when we submit ourselves to God and he breathes upon us what we want to do and how God wants to do it through us for his purpose and his plan, we can leave it in his hands because he's able. Amen? Amen. I'm going to finish now. And I can just tell you today that whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever it is that you're dealing with, God has the answer. He really has the answer. And you wait upon him. You seek his face. You look to him. You trust him. You trust him with your very life. You trust him with your family, with your circumstances. And then while ever there is a delay, you keep praising him. Because he will bring life from the death. Amen. Amen. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you today that you are a great and a mighty God. Father, we thank you first of all that you sent Jesus to die in our place. To pay the price for us that we might know life. That we might receive you as saviour. That we may be born again. Lord God, there is no other name. There's no salvation in any other name um, except the name of Jesus. And yours, Jesus, is the name that we need to call upon. If there are those here today who don't know Jesus as Saviour and Lord, Father God, I pray right now that they would reach out to you. They would say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to wash me, to cleanse me to set me on a rock that is unshakable and that rock is you. 
that you would take hold of my life, that you, Father God, would take me from the seed that's in the dark, cold, frozen ground and create what you want to create in me. Bring me from an acorn into an oak tree, that you, Lord God, would take my life. I submit myself to you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you've prayed that for the first time today, please tell someone. Please connect with us online. We want to help you. We want to help you with your walk and resource you. But there are those in the house today and online who have been in death situations. They are desperate. They're in debt. They're discouraged. They're in despair. There are those that have just laid down and said, I'm not going to do this anymore. There are those who are feeling like, how am I ever going to get this done? There are those who are feeling like, I just can't anymore. Father, I pray you would minister your resurrection life to every single one in this place and online today that you, Lord God, would breathe upon them by the spirit of the living God. Raise up that hope in them that they would fix their eyes on you one more time, one more try, because you love them so completely. I thank you today for your resurrection life in our circumstances. The word says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Thank you, Father, for your word. Lord, I pray for everyone in this place today. Minister to them by your spirit. Breathe life. Breathe life. Breathe life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am.